Quiet on set. Rolling. Action. Action. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of my series, Booked. It is just me and Caitlin today. Uh, for those of you that are new here, I created this mini-series back in the spring, sort of talking about um, books that have been made into movies that have had like a major impact in one way or another on not only my generation, but the generation before me, generation after me, uh, basically pop culture phenomenons. I initially started off this series with Twilight, so if you haven't taken a listen to that, please do. I'd love to know how um, that translated to all of you guys, what you guys think about that. Um, but today we're going to talk about arguably the most well-known pop culture uh, phenomenon, and that is the Harry Potter series. Um, I didn't even know this as I was starting to research on it, but it's officially been uh, 25 years since the book was published in the UK back in the 90s. Um, Quick side note, I was born in the year 2001 when the very first Harry Potter movie came out, so it's very ingrained into my head. I know quite a bit about this series. I still love it to this day. Um, but let's just start off the series with, uh, episode one, kind of an overview of what Harry Potter is, how it became successful, and where the series is going to now. So like I said, it has been 25 years since the first book was published in the UK. Um, it was originally published on June 26th, 1997 by Bloomsbury, uh, which is a production um, company in London, England. It was then released in the US on September 1st, 1998. So technically it would only be 24 years since the book was published in the US, um, but 25 overall. Uh, one of the very first reviews of the Harry Potter series actually called it the most imaginative debut since Roald Dahl. I hope I'm saying his name correct. Uh, for those who don't know, Roald Dahl is the guy that published uh, and created Charlie and the Chocolate Factory, Matilda, the Big Friendly Giant, and James and the Giant Peach. Very extremely classic literature. Um, so the fact that the first reviews were sort of comparing uh, Harry Potter to those um, really shows just how well received it was um, by the critics. So it seems even even on that note too that that even though I, I think I think people have have heard of this for a while how things that happen in the UK can have a harder time translating to America. We see that so many times with movies, music in particular. I've seen this a lot where artists I've never heard of are super popular in the UK, but. I have never heard about them. I don't like their music, for example, or maybe I do, and I heard about it only through social media. Um, and obviously, this book series was released even before social media, so the the talk of Harry Potter and the fact that it became so popular, don't mind my dog in the background, uh, but the fact that this book became so popular without the help of the internet at the very beginning um, really just speaks to how well um, the entire series performed and also is i don't know if any of you ever read it before i have only read up to the order of the phoenix i still have yet to finish the entire book series but if you have read it i'm sure you know what i mean there's a lot of things you can say about the book series but overall it is a much better book than twilight i will say that it is much better than other things that on the, that are still on the market today um so let's keep going so scholastic which i'm sure 
if you grew up in America, you would have seen scholastic book fairs. They're very popular. They publish a lot of books. They actually um, bought the rights for $105,000, which, fun fact, is 10 times more than the average foreign rights sales at the time in the early 2000s, late 90s. Um, so clearly they had already seen the potential in it. And a little publishing knowledge that I actually found from Vox.com, this quote says, whenever a publisher acquires a book, it creates a budget for that book. That budget is structured so that elevating the numbers in one category means elevating the numbers in the next category. If you're going to invest $105,000 just in acquiring a book, you're also going to pour extra money into marketing, publicity, and production so that you have a reasonable chance of making that money back. Obviously, they 100% made their money back and even more so as of 2018, there were over 500 million copies being sold, making it one of the best selling series of all time. Unfortunately, it's not the most sold book ever. I believe that title still belongs to the Bible. Uh, that's another fun fact for you guys. Um, but this is very much still up there. Um, it was so popular when it was being sold that when the final four novels came out, that is Goblet of Fire, Order of the Phoenix, Half-Blood Prince, and Deathly Hollows. They set records for the fastest selling books in history. Um, in fact, I've even heard of midnight release parties with fans being lined up outside of bookstores just to get the next release, almost as if it's like a Black Friday sort of scenario. Um, and it, they became so popular that when Deathly Hallows was released in 2007, it became the fastest selling book in history with over 11 million copies sold in just 24 hours. That absolutely blows my mind because I don't know if all of you <laughs> and I don't know if I don't know if everybody that's listening to this can understand how crazy that is I I can see selling out in 24 hours or selling that many 24 hours distributing to social media but if I can't even like comprehend being able to sell that much without any sort of social media help the series is already so popular there's already so much word of mouth they already you know, we're talking about the, the release of it for months. And like I said, it, it was very much like a Black Friday moment where everybody was going to go get it. Um, I so wish I was like conscious enough. I mean, I was six in 2007, so I, I could have read the books, but I wasn't conscious enough and knew enough about the world yet to understand just how big of a deal that was. Um, yeah, it's just that absolutely just blows my mind that it was able to do that that much damage <laughs> on uh, cashiers that day. Uh, as of now, it's been translated into 80 languages, adapted into seven films. There are spin-off books. I've seen so many, like a Hogwarts library. The Fantastic Beast series was published into books. There's also like unofficial Hogwarts books. Um, there's so many, The Tales of Beetle and Bard. You can just keep going on and on. There's so many publish things about it but there's also of course been the films uh prequel films were being made i'm gonna do a whole episode about those prequel films a stage play was also produced harry potter and the cursed child which i might have to do my own separate episode on because that's i feel controversial about that play i don't know if anybody else has already seen it uh, but i definitely will be talking about that later on there's also multiple theme park locations usually at universal studios and thousands upon thousands of dollars in merchandise um, that's being made both every day and being sold every day. Even if you just go on to Etsy right now, I promise you, you will find hundreds of thousands of t-shirts, sweatshirts, fake potion bottles, 
fake witchy gear, brooms, wands. I even found little snow globe pop versions of them. Don't even get me started on pops. There's so many pops of them as well. Uh, yeah, merchandise is absolutely crazy. But another interesting note was that Harry Potter, the series, also helped the sale of children's literature, which I didn't even know it about. Um, it was noted that in 2004, at the height of the Harry Potter book frenzy, the sales of children's books that were not Harry Potter related, by the way, were increasing by 2% each year and the entire market increased by 52%, um, which is just absolutely insane. It definitely helped people read. Again, I was not alive during this frenzy, um, but I do know that me personally, I did have it in my library. People were checking it out. Um, so even, even when the films were coming out, people were still reading it and even though I didn't read it as a kid, I know many people that did read it. I can totally believe that it helped them like reading in general. Uh, little note about the author. I am going to be doing a whole episode on her. I'm not going to speak about any of her previous uh, and current controversies. I will be doing a later episode on that. Uh, but just as a side note about kind of what she dealt with, she reported that she had plenty of rejection uh, before finally landing on a publisher. Um, and I, the reason that's being pointed to in a lot of articles that I read was that the nineties was a time in which fantasy as like a genre was very much decreased in popularity. I actually looked at some of the top selling books in the nineties that were not Harry Potter and it's The Hot Zone by Richard Preston, American Psycho by Brett Easton Ellis, Tuesdays with Maury by Mitch Albom, Holes by Louis Sacher, which if you don't know that that one, that is the Disney movie with Shia LaBeouf, uh, Bridget Jones's Diary, and Jurassic Park, uh, which obviously became the Jurassic Park film series, which I might do a later episode on. But yeah, there's um, there's nothing quite like Harry Potter on the market at that time, and I can think too. I can't really think of any other big books other than say like the Lord of the Rings. And I don't know when Game of Thrones came out, but Game of Thrones is definitely not for children, so. Those are really the only two fantasy books I can think of, but not those are both ones that I don't I haven't found many people my age obsess over in the same way that they've obsessed over Twilight or The Hunger Games or Divergent. Um all of which you know came after the Harry Potter frenzy. Um so while these books are still notable and have their own film adaptations, none of these books even begin to touch upon um the fantasy elements featured in Harry Potter. Um, so as I mentioned before, the last Harry Potter book was meant, was published in July 21st, 2007. This means that there was like a good 10 year period in which the books were being released. Same thing with the movies. I personally attribute that to a success as well. I think what's interesting with that is as each book goes along, I, since I've read the first four, I can attest to this. As each book goes along, it doesn't leave you on a cliffhanger like some books. Like, I'm not, like, annoyed. Um, it does come to a close at the end of each movie, but there is always something more that you want to know after reading each book. So I can totally understand why someone was willing to wait 10 years to read the ending because it's like, oh, there's so much more. There's some there's some sort of depth and complexity that you're not getting from the first book that makes you want to read more, but it is enough of a close ending that you are completely satisfied if that's all you want to know is just how Harry became a wizard. Um, so on with that, like as, as children grew up, the books are growing up with them. Obviously this series takes place from when Harry's 11 to like 17. Um, and his challenges also get increasingly harder um, and more scary. Um, 
I got a quote from an article. Every book, in every book, the characters become a bit more mature. The problems become a bit more complicated. Um, and again, I think that's what helps it keep being more captivating. Um, the circus citizens with, with which the characters find themselves become more daunting, more horrifying, and more deadly, which for me keeps the story just as entertaining even after you know, all this time, you know, I already know how it ends. I'm sure a lot of people already know how it ends as well, but I think that's why it keeps being so captivating. Um, also with that, you know, the very first Harry Potter movie was released before this series was even finished being published. The very first Harry Potter movie was released in the U.S. on November 14th, 2001. Um, you know, which I think helped the popularity even more. The fans didn't know how it ended, but they knew that they liked the first book. So I really appreciate that um you know the, the producers of harry potter found the the book to be so interesting in order to make a film out of it that way you know as people start realizing or reading the books more they can then go back to the film to see maybe a different interpretation like obviously they'll, they're going to cut stuff out they're going to change stuff around um but i think that's that's what helps um the, the characters also were constructed in such a way that they resemble mature people instead of stereotypical 11 year olds I don't know if you know an 11 year old, but they kind of throw tantrums. They have, they can have a weird behavior. And I think a lot of times it's because the author is like 30, 40 years old, or maybe writing about their own kid who does not happen to behave in a way that everybody can relate to. Um, But it's the, the way that, that this author, that Rowling has written her series she's not writing to children. It is a children's series at heart. It does have those childish elements to it. Um, but the audience isn't being targeted um, to like five-year-olds. This book was written for any and all ages to read. And you can get really deep knowledge and interactions with each one of the characters as you're going through it, which I think helps even more. I don't feel like I'm reading a children's book. I honestly never even felt like Harry Potter was a children's book at the get-go. Um, I only thought I only thought like the first one did because it was in my library, but all the other ones were like, "Oh, that's a big book," um, and that's scary. I'm not going to read that one because that one's more adult-like. Um, and you can see that with the movies as well. Uh, if you ever seen them, you know that things only get darker as you go down. Um, so continuing on. Um, the director, this quote I have here from another article, it says the director of the National Center of Australian Children's Literature at the University of Canberra, Bell Alderman, says the series was the first to blur the line between children's and adults book. For me, it's clear that the Harry Potter series was a one of a kind story. Many of the elements of the book are seen in other works of fiction. Uh, the friendships, the chosen one magic, good versus evil. You know, these are all tropes that I've seen before. I personally thought of immediately like the Percy Jackson series, Divergent, Beautiful Creatures, Vampire Academy, these other books that have those similar elements. And I'm not really saying that that these tropes are overdone, uh, as I do believe that Percy Jackson, for example, is fantastic. Um, but, you know, I just feel like these Harry Potter has just managed to sort of surpass them. I feel like a little bit longer. Yes, we do have a Percy Jackson series being released, a TV series being released, but I don't think it's wrong for me to say that the popularity of the entire series has kind of dwindled. I haven't heard many people talking about it until the TV series was released, yet I still find hundreds of thousands of people over the internet still talking about Harry Potter to this day. So, you know, take it what you will. Um, but I really, I really think that 
you can replicate as many of the elements as you can, but I think at this point, everyone's like, oh, you're just trying to replicate Harry Potter. Although I've actually seen a really good point bringing up where Harry Potter is basically Star Wars, which I might bring up on a later episode, but uh, if you know the plot of Star Wars, I, you can kind of see where I'm aiming for here. Um, but yeah, I just, I think that that's why there's something different about Harry Potter and the way that it was written. And I think that's what really helped. It's obviously a shame that things are not going well for this series. I don't know if anyone else can see where I'm going with that. But anyways, um, so I'll talk a little bit more about how I heard about Harry Potter and kind of where things are. Hi, Sebastian just walked in. Um, I wanted to to quickly mention sort of my own introduction into Harry Potter because I feel like this is a, a similar thing that many other people have experienced as well. Uh, I heard about Harry Potter through word of mouth. I heard about it through friends reading the books, through it being shown on TV when it was on TV. I saw it at the library just sort of staring at me. Even the DVDs, when they put the DVDs in the library, I was looking at them. Uh, so that's how I heard about that. I'm sure a lot of people that grew up in the early 2000s can feel the same way, that they had that sort of st- one friend that helped them introduce it to them. Uh, but also, I initially wasn't allowed to read Harry Potter at all. I grew up in a Christian household who was still like suspicious of the effects Harry Potter would have on me. Uh, the primary concern being that I could be led to doing witchcraft, which, by the way, did not occur. It... I was interested in witchcraft, but this is not Harry Potter. If you've ever read it, you know Harry Potter is not the same as the uh, quote unquote witchcraft we see on the internet. And I'm quoting things like tarot cards, incense crystals, all the more often known witchy things. None of those elements are seen in Harry Potter. Um, Shocker, I know, but this book does not promote devil worship. That might come as a shocker to many people, but I promise you it doesn't. Um, But my parents were not the only ones to be concerned. Many schools back when the books came out, and even now, which still weirds me out, uh, have banned Harry Potter for its witchcraft inclusion. Uh, In fact, in 1999, the first Harry Potter book topped the American Library Association's list for the most banned books of the year and even held that spot continuing into the early 2000s. I personally do not know when people are going to learn that Harry Potter is not going to corrupt their kids. Um, But I guess it'll just take a few decades before either like A, everyone knows what Harry Potter is about and they get over it, or B, people just stop caring about the potential effects it might have on their children because really it is a great story. Good versus evil, fantastic story. I've even seen connections to Harry Potter in the Bible before, which I won't get into, but I've heard of them. So really, it's fine. This book series is fine. It will not corrupt your child any more than the other things on the internet and out there can do. Um, So going into some of the numbers (laughs) of the series, uh, so it has been common, obviously, for popular children's novels to be adapted into films, uh, but it seems like it took Harry Potter to show that you you can continue a series, Um, I am going to talk about sort of like the failure of movie series later on um, that are based on books, but Harry Potter in particular, it seems like the popularity just kept increasing as each movie came out. I can't say the same thing for the Fantastic Beasts series, which is why I'm going to be talking about it, but at least for the initial seven, eight movie thing that they did, 
the audience was all for it. They were going to continue. They were going to support it. Um, the entire franchise itself is currently estimated to be worth about $25 billion. That should say something about how popular that it is. Uh, so due to the popularity of the film, a studio tour actually opened in London in 2012. And it shows the actual sets, props, and costumes that are featured in the series. I personally went there. I talked about it in the London episode. So if you want to know what I thought about that, uh, you can go listen to our London recap for that. Um, a website called Pottermore initially launched in 2011 as well. And it started first as sort of like an interactive bonus exclusive to the books, but then moved into um, a Hogwarts house sorter and like a wand designator. That's how I'm referring to it. Uh, in 2016, the website then relaunched into more of like a blogging style. And that's where Rowling has been updating articles. And I think other people as well have been updating articles with facts that were not initially stated in the initial series. Basically anything that you hear that people say is canon that has been mentioned is basically from these articles because it's Rowling herself posting this. Um, it's <laughs> the website I think actually harkens onto a phenomena that I've become victim to, which is the online Harry Potter fandom. Uh, from websites to blogs to rampant fan fiction. Harry Potter has either stained or strengthened the internet and all platforms, depending on how you see it. Uh, so back in the 2000s, obviously, this is when the internet's becoming a thing. So fans created MuggleNet.com and TheLeakyCauldron.org. I looked this up. MuggleNet.com. Don't, I, I don't know how to confirm this, but I'm pretty sure that's the one that's been post, that's been publishing the unofficial Harry Potter books. I have to double check on that, but I, I really, truly think that's the case. And the website still is fully functional. It has information about Harry Potter on there. Unfortunately, the Leaky Cauldron site didn't work for me, so I don't know if they just took it down. Um, but fan fiction also has been posted on all segments on the internet from websites such as Quotev, Wattpad, AO3. Uh, I've also seen uh, fan fiction being created in the form of videos such as TikTok and YouTube shorts. We are not going to be talking about Draco talk, unfortunately, but I beg of you, please look it up for yourself because it's a both horrifying and wickedly entertaining if you've ever had a crush on Draco Malfoy like I did. Um, but yeah, so many young people are still talking about Harry Potter, 100% evident through Draco talk. Um, weirdly enough, though, Warner Brothers, the the what is it the production company I think it's how you refer to it uh they actually hit a lot of these fan sites with lawsuits which obviously fans fought back on I think I think they just didn't really know that having fans express their own sort of thoughts opinions would actually help the series become more popular uh obviously you know the internet was just becoming a thing so I think they were just worried about all the copyright um but in reality, it helped them more than anything. And I think I think Harry Potter fandom in general helped a lot of companies see that. Um, there's so many YouTube videos that are still around to this day. Apparently, Wizard Rock became a trend. I do not know what Wizard Rock is. Um, if you've ever seen it, heard it, let me know how it is. Um, I'm nervous to look it up because it sounds very cringy, but you tell me. There's also two other famous uh, YouTube videos, which is a very Potter musical and Potter Puppet Pals, which, fun fact, I performed a rendition of Potter Puppet Pals with my friends my senior year of high school. So 
yes, these were still staples of my childhood and I still remember them to this day. They have gained millions of views, um, which obviously has only just helped the Harry Potter influence. I actually found an interesting fact. I don't know if anyone uh, listening has ever read the Mortal Instruments, but apparently the author Cassandra Clare wrote Draco Malfoy fan fiction called the Draco Trilogy, which actually helped her gain fame online uh, to then continue writing her career as an author. I was like shocked when I found that out. I It always weirds me out when I find out that authors that have actually published real books have also, have also like written fan fiction, but to each their own, I guess. Uh, obviously now on November 18th, 2016, Fantastic Beasts and Where to Find Them premiered, which began a three movie, as of right now, three movie prequel series set in the 1920s to marginal success, I would say. I've heard a lot of chatter about it. Um, I will say it is not this movie series that people want. It's just simply the movie series people have. I am with the majority of people that want to see an entire movie about the Marauders era. If you know what I mean by that, good for you. Uh, if you don't want to know what I mean by that, I mean when Harry Potter's parents were at Hogwarts. I want to see that timeline, but we're not getting that. doesn't seem like we'll be getting that for a while. We're just going to be stuck with Fantastic Beasts and where to find them. I think it's a five movie series in total, uh, but we'll see if the other two get made because I've heard a lot of a lot of things. Um, but also with Harry Potter, can, will continue to expand its influence. There's a new video game coming out called Hogwarts Legacy that is releasing on February 10th, 2023. Uh, I mentioned before also that there are several um, universal theme parks. I also saw an article saying that there's going to be a version of it being built in Tokyo, Japan. Um, so if you're in Tokyo or you're going, there might be a Harry Potter world uh, there as well. I really think though that in another century or two, Harry Potter might not be nearly as possible, but as like popular. Uh, but for now, it seems like Harry Potter will be marked in history as a classic. Um, I've, I just, I've never met anybody that hasn't at least heard about it, um, or has at least said like, you know what, I don't care enough to enter into an eight movie seven book series so I'm not gonna watch it I've, I've someone someone always has an opinion on it I'm sure if you're my age you know um but I'd love to hear you guys' thoughts about it I Harry Potter is so connecting I think I've met somebody from each and every demographic from all over the world that has enjoyed it to some capacity um I, I don't think it's gonna die at all even with all the controversies that I've seen uh like I said that will be touched upon in the next episodes but I think in general, I think we're looking at Harry Potter becoming a classic. I've already seen, you know, illustrated versions of Harry Potter um, that you can like read to your children. Um, I've seen, like I said, so many other books, so many, so much fan fiction. It's not even funny. I really, I really don't think the series is going to die. If you want it to die, I'm sorry. I don't think that's going to happen. <laughs> But with that, I hope you all liked this very first introduction episode into the Harry Potter world. I'd love to know what you guys think. Uh, if you have any questions on Harry Potter, I'd love to go into it. I personally love Harry Potter theory. I'd love to maybe do more on this later on, um, more Harry Potter theories as well. But without further ado, I'm going to end it off there. Thank you all so much for listening. Please follow us on and cut the podcast and you can follow me personally at Kate Johnston 622 on Instagram as well. Uh, I've greatly enjoyed 
our talk on Harry Potter. And I hope you all will come back for the next episode as well. Bye, guys. And cut. Bye.